Drop the beat. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, I was, I was so psyched. <laughs> yo, yo. Yeah. KC and Toby. Atomically, I do. Um. All right. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the podcast. Here we are in our midnight segment. This is Life Speaks After Dark. And so you want to call in your dedications yes. for your loved ones? <laughs> Slow jams are all the way. for the look of the network, baby. <laughs> um, so we're welcome back. So I'm your host, Luis Perez, a.k.a. Guicho Breach. And if you know, you know that Demon Killer yeah, yeah. and uh, my co-host, Casey Case. Casey Case, your favorite Tennessee representative. Yeah, 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 yeah. And first of all, we want to give a shout out to all our sponsors, uh, primarily. 510 Architecture and Design. So I want to give Holler a shout out. our boy, Daniel Martinez. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. got your back like cop rope prep. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> also uh. to uh, Choosing Hope Foundation. And again, we want to just say thank you. To all that have invested yes, yes, and yes, given yes. Thanks, uh, thanks, on thanks. Uh, to the foundation, if you want to donate, if you want to give, you want to partner with us in our vision, Praise Choosing God. Hope Foundation, you can go to lifespeakspodcast.com and Amen. there is a give online portion on there. You can give on there. You can uh, follow suit and be partakers just like all the other people that yeah. have invested. I just want to say thank you because all that money benefits people, benefits the work that we do, and uh, facilitates a lot of the work that we do with the church, through the church, which we want to give a shout out to. That is the Potter's House Christian Church, yes. GRA, the Potter's House Greater Randolph area that is in Universal City, Texas. Mm, and so just representing out here and just want to give a shout out to that as well. And um, so, so here we are today, you know, we had our part two of Casey's uh, interview uh. testimony and uh, everything that, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, went down in prison, things of that sort. Today, we're going to do part two of Toby Sosa's uh, testimony, Killer. you know, prison time, yeah. you know, but I want to give a disclaimer real quick. We're going to get into the nitty gritty, uh, crazy stuff of prison that... Uh, it most, you know, I, I've heard, a, you know, I watch a lot of this prison podcast on YouTube and stuff, and now people are talking about this, but we're going to talk about it from our perspective and uh, things of that sort. And so, and we're going to have Toby kind of give us some feed, yeah. feedback the on rawness. it and what he's been through. Kind of, it's going to be kind of raw. And it just, and just to kind of speak on the rawness, let me just say this, and, you know, because I want Toby and uh, Casey to kind of uh, speak on that a little bit. So I had a guy tell me one time, uh, this is through my ministry with the parole board and in prison and parole. Shout out parolees. Uh, yeah, uh, shout out to all the parolees. And, uh, you know, one of the guys told me this. You know, we are talking about some stuff. He was like, you know what? What's crazy? He was like, when I was in prison, kind of like new in prison, he said, when I had just gotten on the block there in prison, and he said there was this, there was this rumor or this thing going around that this guy that had seen me come in fresh, new, you know, on the set, whatever, he wanted to rape him. And so mm. this guy sees one of my parolees, uh, one of these guys that I knew this years ago, uh, sees him on there and he's a man, I want that guy. I'm going to rape him, whatever. So this word gets back to this guy that I know about this other dude that wants to rape him. And so he's like, well, you know, we'll see what's up. Let him try and see what's up. And so sure enough, a few days go by, this guy comes up to him, goes into a cell, and what the guy told me was that this is some raw stuff, man. 
he said, you know what I did, bro? He was telling me, he was like, I beat that dude up. He said, I beat him up bad. He said, when I was done beating him up, I raped him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I, When he told me that, man, I was like, I bet that whoa. dude was never messed with. I was like, Ever. what Again. the heck? <laughs> whoa, I said, whoa, dude, whoa. I said, hold up, hold up, hold up. I said, what up? No, you beat you the do. dude up and then you raped. He goes, heck yeah, bro. I raped him, man. Mm. Just mm. so he can know what's up about talking trash about stuff like that. He said, I raped him. And I was <coughs> like, what? and I was like, is this? Now, does that sound true to you, Toby Casey? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fairly accurate because I can I can follow up with another story. There was this guy. His name was uh, Rasta. Hey, Daniel's over there laughing, freaking out. He goes, I don't know what's going to be this intense. <laughs> his name was Rasta. He used to, uh, as soon as the chain bus come, would come in, he would just sit there and he would just, you know, just sit there and look. He liked white dudes. So he would just sit there and look and just wait and see whichever white dude he would like. And then he'd be like, all right, I want him. And then uh, he would go and he would get him. He would go and he would get him. And one day he said, I want him. And he went to go get that white dude. He got he bit off more than he could chew. That white dude beat him up. Beat him up bad. Man. He had dreadlocks. And uh, he ripped out like real like big knots. He had like gashes in his head to where a dude ripped his uh, <clears throat> dreadlocks out and just pulverized him. Now, he, did, he quit doing that after that. He didn't do it after that no more. Did you ever, Toby, see that? third party in your prison t- life like see people involved in that outwardly actually like what do you mean like like, like, like people raping each other back the and graphics forth of it. you know no nah, i mean um i mean is that really prominent in prison not in the ones i was at but because the environment that we created like in the pod that i was in yeah. it was just straight thugging if you weren't sure. thugging you had to you you had to bounce okay. one, one way or another you get thrown and like this was in bear county this was prison yeah this was tdc okay. i was on a condy unit i mean <laughs> you're getting out of there one way or well, another you're getting thrown fly. off you're getting thrown off a three yeah. row straight out the shower yeah you're getting i mean i told you i like my what was it my second day off of lockdown my third day off of lockdown or whatever saw that that white dude get his head get busted smashed. wide open. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was it was a more thugging nature I around was, where I was at. I mean, did yeah. it happen? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. sure it did. I mean, they, I, I, there was a couple people that would sneak into other cells during count time and stuff like that, and you just kind of knew it was happening. Uh. But as far as, like, the rape culture and stuff like that, I never experienced none so, of that. Because, like, even the, the gay dudes, yeah. like, mm. like, they had to get pc uh-huh. Like they couldn't be, they couldn't be on okay. G, on G okay. it was G, G pod, but we used to call it G, 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 G unit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, so, uh, straight thugging what's crazy is that, you know, I, you know, I, I shared that story and when I was a minister in the Briscoe unit, I remember I shared, uh, no, you remember I shared that story about that couple that came up to me that they were like, you know, they had been in prison since they were like 14. Yeah, They've never been with a woman. That. They've only been with men or that couple. They've only been together and that they wanted to know if they can have salvation, even though they were involved in that. So I had to explain to them what homosexuality Absolutely. was and that it was wrong according to the Bible and things of that sort. And then they got their hearts right there, started to live for God, you know, but it was crazy because I, you know, I heard that story from this one guy. I dealt with that issue in the Briscoe unit, and then one of one time, one of my parolees that I was working with in the church, <clears throat> he was this 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 short little, you know, white guy, you know, pretty boy looking guy, and you know that style. And so, where where I'm trying to work with him, you know, whatever, took him out to dinner, 
you know, and it was me, my son, my oldest son, and him, and he's very friendly with my son, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm just sitting there, we're fellowshipping, whatever, and I just see this guy, he's, he's only like 21 years old, he went in when he was 14, got out when he was 21, and he's being real friendly with my son, and I thought, well, maybe he's being real friendly with my son because he's young, you know what I mean? But we're just fellowshipping, doing whatever, this and this and, this and that, and then come a few days later, another guy gets paroled, comes into the church, and he tells me, he's a man, you know that dude right there? I was like, well, so yeah, that dude was a, was a uh, boy in prison. Yeah. Like he was one of those dudes that, you know, was a boyfriend to another guy. And I was like, oh, this Vato dude, you know, and like he was being real friendly with my, with my oldest son. Yeah. yeah. So I remember I, I confronted him and I was like, yo, what's up, man? This, this and that. And the guy was like, oh, yeah. He goes, and when in prison, I was, I, I, he goes, I'm, I'm, uh, what is it? The ones that go two ways, um, bisexual. bisexual. He was like, "Oh, I'm bisexual." You know, you know, in prison, I was X, Y, Z, and but I'm also I'm attracted to women. I was like, "Hey, bro, man, stay away from my, stay away from my family, stay away from my kids, bro, man." I was like, "You ain't end up, you ain't gonna end up in prison. You ain't you end up six feet under, right? You know what I mean?" And uh, and so he didn't he didn't stick around. He left, but you know, these were three close up situations where I was like, "Dang, this stuff is real. Yeah. Like this is some serious stuff." And that is one of the crazy, harsh realities of prison. And, you know, I've looked, I've done some research on this where they talk about how, you know, in prison, like, they do everything they can to make sure that there is no rape culture, whatever the case might be. But, you know, I think the reality is that that is something that is uh, very prominent in prison. Many, you know, I guess if, if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't, you haven't. But it's just a reality of prison. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but... But it's, you know, even f- even as far disconnected as you are from this perspective, like me as a minister, I still had encounters with stuff like that and dealing with that. And so I know it is it is a big, a big issue and stuff. But um, but well, that wasn't the culture in the prison you were at. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of it was because of the amount of like contraband uh-huh. and stuff that we kept around and yeah. just the. What was going on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As far as like you know what we were into and stuff. Yeah, that I mean people heat, start. Right? Yeah, I mean people go out there. Hey, such and such raped me, or you know, then they start doing shakedowns. And, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's hard to do stuff like that because, like me, for instance, you know what I'm saying. I, yeah, like, that's my like thing was automatic my thing was, uh, lockdown, ain't it? Cigarettes and uh, cell phones. Yeah, and both of those carry free will time and hooch too. Yeah. I used to make I used to make hooch and sell that. Stuff. You said in your testimony, you said that the first day in prison, they locked it down because they found parts of a twenty-two, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, twenty-two uh, pistol. Man, in the dorms, and that's how did that to be go down? Inmates. How did that go down, or what? I mean, I, 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 we were there. We were in the uh, the dog kennels. They they call it the dog kennel like the when you're waiting to get housed, they just have uh-huh. you in cages or whatever, like twenty men in a cage until. They get your housing unit, they're your housing assignment or whatever. But I just remember like the alarms going off, the things buzzing, and like inmates started the inmates started going back to the house or whatever. Like you know, like lines going A dorm, B dorm, we know whatever, whatever. And then uh, one of the guys that was in the cage with me, he had been out for forty eight days, and then he got he violated parole, got sent back, but he got sent back to the same unit that he paroled from, Connolly unit. I think it's within like six months you go back to the same unit or something like that. But anyways, he saw he he ended up being uh one of my homeboys or whatever yeah. and he seen another homeboy and they got to hey what's up homeboy? They were like, Man, they said they found parts of a gun out there and then they started they shook down the whole unit. Mm-hmm. We were on lockdown 
that time for four and a half months, five months. Mm. Yeah. That just what twenty three and one or what, or is that just straight up lockdown? No, no. That's, that's straight up lockdown. That's twenty four seven lockdown. Only time you come out is to take a shower. They put you in the shower, and you go back. They you cuff up. They put you in the shower seven minutes, do your business, go back in the house, or you can trade your shower for a extra Johnny sack at lunch or dinner time or whatever. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. I mean, they don't want to be. <laughs> You know, back and forth, back and yeah. forth, back and forth. So, I mean, it makes it easier on them. So, they'll be like, hey, go to the shower or do you want an extra Johnny set? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, they don't not they don't just announce it. But, oh, you know, okay. when they come to your house, like, hey, no, Soza no. Casey, y'all want a y'all wanna Johnny set? You want a shower? No, no, I want a shower. No, I want a Johnny set. Oh, okay. Right. Get that. I'm taking my shower. Give <laughs> nah, me my Johnny set. I'll, I'll, I'll take a shower in the house. Get that Johnny. I want my shower. Straight out, straight out the toilet. Bro. Well, you know, I'll take a shower straight out the toilet. Well, I heard that one of the big issues in prison is that people refuse to shower. Yes, that is. Yeah, that's, that's nasty, yeah. too. But like, see stuff like that. We folks. can't. You can't. You can't be up on the unit. Like, yeah. you coming up out of there. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get people. You get beat up like that. Get hugged out. Yeah. So, hey, Toby. So you were saying that, you know, the the prison you were at was straight up just straight up gangster. Like, yeah, kind of. So, Ugly. so what? What? I mean, so that means everybody's just gang banging in there. Everybody's just fighting. Everybody's just what? Yeah. Explain the it scenario was, of there. It was rock and rolling. Like. Like, any, like you get like out your cell when you're like, yo, wait, what's up? Yeah. I mean, you know, we still had the whole Freaky Friday going on. Like for the new guys, Freaky Fridays, you're going you're gonna fight, bust a fifty, which is pay for pr- protection because you don't want to fight, mm. or uh, um, let me see. How, how, I mean, I don't know. How else to say the other word? Oh, okay, <laughs> Some, something immoral. Yeah, I mean, okay, is it part of the whole rape culture thing? That, but that part really doesn't go down because okay. you're either gonna you're either gonna fight, you're gonna get beat up, you're gonna pay protection, or okay. you're you're getting out of there. Period. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I mean nobody on Conley unit, or at least on a G unit over huh. there, Conley unit. I mean, I mean that it it doesn't go down over there. Okay, you know what I'm saying? If it happens, it's more like. You know, on the cool, like, yeah. I don't know, that type of stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, like I said. So uh, everybody's just gangbanging, just yeah, straight I mean, up, we gangster, thugging. everyone you come, thugging. You, like, you know, new person comes in there, whatever, just say, like, a Mexican, for instance, because that's, you know, and um, you're the new guy, so people approach you, like, hey, what's up, where you from, ATX? You Tango Blast? Yeah. All right, hey, we're going to look at that, come on. And then, I mean, literally right there, you so put you your stuff down, down, put your stuff in your cell, and gonna go fade that shower and for you know three four five six minutes so they're trying to break you so your own set's trying to break you mm-hmm. they're well, not they're not jumping you in when it comes they're to trying to break you mm-hmm. you know what I'm you saying? have heart yes and i mean yeah they they do everything short of i mean killing you bro yeah. you know what i'm saying i got knocked out on like my third round or my fourth round it was two on one two on one two on one and then one on one, and then my homeboy Butter being out of a uh, Tyler two piece, man. Bing, bing. Ooh, mm. slept me. So, Slab what happened? They just leave you alone there? They just nice. leave you there? Or? I mean, they, they leave you there till you wake up, but I mean, they don't just leave you in there because yeah. I mean, I was a homeboy. I, yeah. You know, I passed. They still got to take care of you. So, I mean, they're standing right there at the door and then you have to shower or whatever. So, once I wake up, I come to, like, oh man, you know, stand up, put your hands back up, you know, you're ready to go again. And, Butterbean came back in there and he was like, "What's up, one boy? You want some more? You ready? You ready?" Oh, dude. And I was like, "Oh man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like whatever, bro." And he flinched at me and I'm like, 
kind of did like that. And he was like, nah, you good, homeboy. And shook hands. And I mean, that was that. You know what I'm saying? So, so you're over we there. catching you straight out the gate. So you're repping over there, uh, Tango Blast. So what? You're street thugging. You come out. And then Sudeños come out. What? Is, is it smash on site or what? Or um, is it kind of like respeto? You know, just do what you got to do and go about your way. I mean, as big as Tango Blast is, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't respect nobody. We, if we... If we if we show you any type of love, I mean it's just that. But I mean it doesn't. That don't mean we we're gonna back you up if you get into. You're it. saying we back then, not we now. Yeah, not we now. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in that mode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm back. You're like I'm here the church. I was like, tell me, you're, you're a Christian, right? Like, cool, right? Hey, <laughs> tell me you're a Christian. Nah, man, so rip and tackle blast. Hey, hey, hold up. Like, hey, put that thing up, man. No, I mean, there over was there. only there was only one other. Uh, uh, like gang or whatever that we had a beef with, and that was SOS. Okay. And even before we would hit you up, like, hey, where you from, homeboy? Or, you know what I'm saying? Hey, like, where you from, Vato? Like, you know what I'm saying? We would send somebody, we would send somebody or whatever to, when they're coming off the bus, and they would hit them up, like, uh, with that other clique we didn't get along with. Mm -hmm. And if you SOS hit SOS was what? Huh? What was that gang? What was that gang, SOS? No, I was just SOS on a, oh, on okay. a TS. Oh, okay. Oh, TS. On, a, on okay, Texas Syndicate. Smash on, okay. smash on site. Yeah. Okay. And it, it's, it's mutual. So Tango Blast was, was at war with Texas Syndicate, not Sudanians. No, not Sudanians. Okay. But um, them Sudanians, they do get out of line, and we're real quick to put them back in line because uh -huh. they feel, oh, I'm from Califas, Califas. Like, man, Califas ain't nothing, bro. Like, that was here in Texas. It was like, well, we're in Texas. It yeah, like, it's a Texas thing, bro. I yeah. mean, like, we'll stick you in a trash can just to make yeah. you look stupid, bro. Yeah. Like, take that stuff. And Texas Syndicate was different because Texas Syndicate is from Texas, so it was kind of like a fight for power or domin dominance. Yeah, because, I mean, mm. they were, they came out of Austin or whatever. That's, you know, not not originated, but, I mean, that's like their capital or whatever. Okay, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And then uh, ATX, so, I mean, we bump heads a lot. Yeah. Or whatever. So I mean, it's SOS. It's yeah. smash on site. You know, we send anybody. You know what I'm saying? We see the bus pull up, and we'll start like hitting them up, throwing Bongo blasts out there, or throwing up a TS signs or whatever. And if they hit us back up, all right, they he comes on the unit. You know what it is? Oh yeah. And we air them so out. So that's how you would find out. You would throw up a TS sign, and they threw it back. You knew who to pinpoint at. You know yeah. how to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or like you know the. Different, like people from San Antonio, they would hit people up, do their little gang sign, or mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And if they would hit them back up, like with an H Town or ATX or D Town, they'll come tell us, like, "Hey, that's one of your homeboys." But uh, but San Antonio, Texas, San Antonio, Dallas, Austin, Houston—they're all connected, right? Not San Antonio. Oh, so San Antonio is a different type of type yeah, of tango. San, San Antonio that's is their own tango. Oh, really? The Valley's their own tango. West Texas Bayuco. is their own tango, but then you have Tango Blast, which is the Austin, Fort Houston, Dallas, in Fort Worth. Oh, really? And on some units, West Texas. Oh. But like, we had a guy in the church years ago that was West Texas tango. True. A big old guy named uh, Paul, big old white dude, bro. But he was half, I think. But big old dude, he was, he was, he was all tied up all over. Just the same thing. Just, but he was West Texas tango. And stuff. But I used to get into it a lot of my homeboys because I was cool with a lot of Orejones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. Um, when we moved, matter of fact, from like Austin to San Antonio, like five years ago or whatever it was, one of my homeboys that's the older horn, he's he he brought us in, bro. he brought us in, like you know what I'm saying, like told his landlord that my wife was his sister, so 
they wouldn't question that. The landlord mm. wouldn't question that. And then, yeah. you know, when we tried to break bread with him, he was like, nah, bro, I just want to see y'all get on your feet, bro. Like, oh, y'all wow. don't owe me nothing. You know what I'm saying? Just That's help cool. me watch the house, stuff like that. But then he's mm. also the one that turned around and introduced me to meth. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. And, but he's also the one I was staying with June 12th. Because I remember I told y'all, like, two years ago, I kicked meth for like four months yeah, and then yeah. I fell off when my brother-in-law uh-huh. came down. Mm-hmm. That older home guy is who I was staying with and I told like, hey, bro, like I want to get clean. I want to get my kids back. He was like, man, twin, that's the realest thing you ever told me, bro. Wow, that's him. You know that's what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember that. I was yeah, the same yeah. guy, but I had a lot of Have love for Have you seen him? Have you seen him, you know, since then or anything? No, nah, when I left his Have house. Have you heard from him? No, nah, when I left his house. That was it? Around then, like. I cut everybody in my life off. Okay. Everybody in my life off. I mean, my wife That's was good. the only person that I talked to. And even then, we were four hours away. We were separated for three months or something like yeah. that. Mm. And that and the whole thing, like, like even with, like, uh, these, I don't know if they're called subsets, but, like, the Orejones, like, the Orejones and stuff. You know, a lot of times, like, I've ran into a lot of Orejones through my parole stuff. And it's like, hey, man, you Orejones. And they're like, oh, like, nah, man, just when I was in prison, bro, like, I don't rock with that stuff. Yeah. Like a I lot mean, of it is not even legit. It's just kind of like, hey, nah, man, yeah, I had to because of prison, but no, nah, I'm not into that. Yeah, I mean, when it's a, it's it's a, it's not even a gang. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We have no, no shot callers. It's more like an affiliation to protect yourself. Well, yeah, yeah. When you're in prison, I mean, everything is a majority rule. Yeah, you know, like if a TS, a TS fool, like he disrespect homeboy Casey or. You know, uh, homeboy pastor, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, what's up? How are we going to handle this? You know what I'm saying? Well, hey, well, let's, yeah. let's air him out. Or let's air him out. Well, yeah. you know, four of us in here, if three of us say, yeah, let's air him out, and one person says, like, no, nah, I'm good, we airing him out. No my name is rules. my name is OG Pastor. I know, I know. We, so. No, so we used to have this guy. We used to have this Orejon guy that used to come to church. He would call me OG Pastor. OG Pastor. But I mean, when you're in there, you got to rep. Yeah. You got to rep to the fullest. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You got to be about that life. <laughs> is but it? then once you get out, you have the option of bringing it out here or leaving it there. Like yeah. me, I mean, none of these dudes that I was locked up with, I don't call none of them homeboy. I don't yeah. associate with none of them and. I've ran across people I've done time okay. with, and I just clear walk away from you because, yeah. I mean, you, you ain't nothing to me. Yeah. That was that was a prison that thing. I left that stuff at the walls. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I got That's ATX good. tattooed on me, so, I mean, you know what it is when you well, see me. Well, I remember yeah. one time I was, we used to have a guy in church, was Texas Syndicate, and, uh, and we had gone out to fellowship at that place, Chacho's over there. Yeah. I think I told you the story. And as we're fellowshipping, right, there was late at night after a service, bro. And it was, you know, how it gets late. And, you know, you go eat at Chacho's. Remember, used to be up late. Used to be uh, open late. And so we're sitting there fellowshipping and stuff. And this guy has, like, a cuerno right here. He's a longhorn here. He's got, you know, cuernos all over. And he's just all TS'd out. And these these Mexican mafia guys shows up, dude, at the at the, cha- at the Chacho's. I mean, you, they're all repping Emmett, dude, like, all rowdy, dude. And so when this guy from the church saw that, I mean, he was safe, bro. Like, he was like, oh, what the heck? So he undid his shirt, bro. Like, dude, you could see all the cuernos and stuff. It did it. And so he's just sitting there like that, like, just looking. I'm like, what? like, they were going to go at it right there in there. I was like, oh, crap. I was like, <laughs> no, this is going to get down right yeah. now. So, so all these Mexican mafia guys walking, like, five guys, man. They're all walking in big old dudes, bro. And they're all emmed out. And he's sitting there with his big old cuerno and stuff. He's like this. And, they're look, and they look at him and stuff. And he looks at them and they're like... 
respeto, man. And they just walked off. Mm, and and he was like, mm. uh, respeto, he went like that. And so they just went about their business. I was like, what so they were the just heck? showing their cut. Because, I mean, M and, and TS, they don't have beef. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Something might happen and they might be, they might I know go back in the days they did. Remember yeah, when that yeah, old. Like 80s, when, 90s. And, yeah, when know. that girl called into that radio station and she yeah. was like, hey, it's time for all these, all these, uh, all these, something start eating all these M&Ms. And it was like the battle cry and TS and Mexican mm. Mafia went at it and stuff. But it's crazy because, like, how you said he was showing his cuernos. He was letting these dudes know, like, what he mm-hmm. was. And then, okay, respeto. Yeah. But, you know, I got cuernos on me, too. But, uh. you know, like being Tango Blast, I have to put a crack or a break ah. or incomplete cuerno. Ah. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the horns on me, they have a crack in it just to show that it's just a horn. It's not, it don't ah. it don't stand for nothing. You know oh, what I'm saying? Wow. Like, my ATX, that's what, that's, yeah. that's my identifier. Yeah, yeah. Or if I have a... a Five point star or something like that. Uh, you know what about what about shanks and all that stuff? I mean, shank. I mean, did you have to shank up in there? Or get shank somebody. Shopping them on the toilet. We. I had homeboys that carried. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But me personally, I didn't. Okay. Because I mean, I like to fight, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I loved to fight back then. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. people trip out when I tell them like prison was some of the best years of my life, <laughs> but because. Mm. I found everything I was looking for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But uh yeah, I mean I had homeboy we had we had shanks out on the wreck yard, you know what I'm saying? Like we have our hiding places. Yeah. The little rubbers, uh I don't know what it is, like between the concrete or whatever, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like those, you peel that up. That sealant that, that yeah, sealant that, that, that great put, sealant yeah. stuff. I mean you yeah. put it in there, you uh get some grass or whatever and you know, uh put it on the end of your shank and then you just push it into the mm-hmm. dirt yeah. or whatever and you know what I'm saying? So you got them buried. You have them everywhere. Everyone knows I mean, where they're at. Just yeah, homeboys know where they're at, the but then there's some. Porcelain. Like, like Casey might be known as as the shank man, the shank homeboy. He might yeah. got about five or six on him okay. at any given time. You know okay. what I'm saying? Something pop off, and then boom, 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 he's handing them out. Okay. But, I mean, it was never it was never really my thing or whatever. Yeah. Like, Now, your whole time was there at Connolly? No, I got shipped off of Connolly because – they uh they beat the crap out of me. Oh, okay. Mm. I was making some Who did? the laws. Oh, they did. Yeah, they, I mean they beat the crap out of me. Uh. They they. What'd you do? I was cooking some hooch. Me and my Sally, we were cooking. We were on lockdown, and we were cooking hooch just to you know have some money coming in, whatever. So we could get drunk. We had like twelve gallons, I think. Oh, and it was loud. That's a You batch. know what I'm saying? So we used yeah. to, you know, open mackerel. The Jack Mac or whatever, to try to you know what I'm saying? Try to hide the smell. One night, the sergeant was walking by, and you know he's looking in all the cells, and it's, our our house smells like bleach and Jack Mac. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know you're covering for something. You know what I'm saying? So he walked by. What's up? Like what's up? What's up, Sarge? He went by. Like five minutes later, he tried to ro- the door rolled, but we mm. kept the lock on on the door where you can't. Yeah. I mean, you have to literally get maintenance out there and they have to disassemble the whole like the whole door structure to get in there because that because yeah. of that little two dollar five dollar whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh they were like, unlock the door, unlock the door. Like, man, heck no, nah, heck no. Nah. Like y'all ain't coming in here, you know. They were what like, saying? cuff up, so so and uh so we started drinking what we could. Ooh. And uh right there in front of him? Right there in front of him, bro. <laughs> and then Marcelli was like, nah, y'all ain't getting this and he Thug got it. a razor and and like probably about I don't know, 10 gallons just all over the floor or whatever. Ooh. 
and uh, they came and they started shaking up the pepper spray, the big old, the big old like fire extinguisher, the big old fire uh-huh. extinguisher, uh-huh. pepper sprays, the big old things. And Y'all say some good. Like, oh no, 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 we good, we good. So you know, we took the lock off, we cuffed up or whatever. They put us in the restroom and they uh started shaking the cell down or whatever. They started you know going through all our stuff and. We went back in the cell. They had thrown all our, like, tight whites, our, you know, our uh, visitation clothes, our, our white clothes or whatever, all of our letters, you know, just all of our stuff was just sitting in the hooch, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, man, come on, dude, really? So, and I mean, they don't care. I mean, it's nah. it's a job for them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we ain't nothing but a paycheck, a number to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even though we provide them job security. Pay <laughs> y'all's bills Nah I'm just playing uh, <laughs> So uh, you know me, me and my Sally You know We get crunk bro we, Man hold up We start cussing And kicking And making noise And they're like Y'all need to chill Like nah Make me chill and, You know I want to fight now I want to fight mm. So anyways uh, They wrote us a case Whatever Then they tried to Anyways that happened The next night Oh no you know what I was drunk that night I got drunk Cause we were slamming <laughs> My Sally, like when they put us back in the cell and we threw our little fit, my Sally just rolled over and went to sleep. Mm. I stayed up and I was scooping whatever I could up off the floor oh, into bowls good. and I was drinking it out the bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, man, bro, I was wasted. <laughs> anyway, so I got one of my shampoo bottles and I, they didn't take they didn't take none of our stuff. Their sole purpose was just to mess our stuff up. So mm. like I still had all my bleach, all my cleaning supplies, and so I got some shampoo. Put or you know, I put some bleach in the shampoo bottle. I yeah. urinated in the shampoo bottle. I did. De- I you know got some of my feces, squished it in the shampoo uh. bottle, and mixed it all around with some uh, hooch that I had left over. And this was the kind we made from raisins. Hey, Danny, you wanted this raw, uh. right? You wanted this raw, right? <laughs> yeah. Thank our producer for ready. this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got it was the hooch that we make with the raisins or whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I guess more like Things pruno. get like that big round. Yeah, man. Say, and I squished it around, and I was the first cell on the corner, 40, 46, when you come up. So I could hear when they came up, when they were coming up or whatever, and the same one that threw all my stuff in, Sergeant Porras, what's up? Ooh. I put that Not the, the, Sarge. the bottle under the door, and I, I just sprayed it and let him have it. And he Ooh. was just like, oh, Not you. the Sarge. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> he was like, man. And he's just standing at the door cussing me, me out. And I was like, what's up, bro? Like, take your oh. shirt off. Come on, bro. Come on, let's throw a couple rounds. My celly sleeve, bro. Let's go to the shower. What's up? So anyways, he was they just there talking songs. crap. So everybody that came up, any law that came up on that run that night, I let him have it. <laughs> like, I was oh. getting, them, getting them, bro. Flooded the cell out, everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just flooded. You were that run. guy. Oh, bro. man. I, I was wild, bro. I was hey, wild, they're all bro. around, too. I was wild, bro. I didn't know you was that guy. Bro, I was wild. And, like, I wanted... <laughs> Roll this door, whatever it's going to take for to get these laws to roll this door because I want to fight, yeah. like, period. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, anyway, buzzing. bro, I was, I, was, gone. I, was be, I was gone. That, like, I was oh, like, when man. Pastor found me, when Pastor Camilo found me, bro. Dang, there, that's man. crazy. Um, but, anyways, that happened. That happened. Or whatever. We didn't get, they didn't feed us that whole next day. We didn't mm. get our Johnny Sacks, nothing like uh. that because. You know, they said we were going to spray them, so there wasn't yeah. nobody taking a chance. Yeah. Uh. But anyways, I, I had food. I kept food. I was always stocked up on food. 
commissary and stuff. The next night they tried to come do the same thing, but they got they got us while we were asleep. You know what I'm saying? And they rolled the door that time. And when they came in, they acted like they wanted to fight. So I, I jumped down off the top bunk and I was like, "What's up? What's up?" And when they started running, Boras ran in, and then another sergeant ran in. But they never. I thought it was just gonna be like a two on two, like a one on one. Me and my cell, me and my homeboy, mm-hmm. Dopey from Houston. And um, anyway, it was about five laws that ran up in there or whatever, and they just started handling Ooh, us or whatever. They, they threw the us in the shower. Yeah, they handled both of us. So they were throwing us in the shower again. And uh, But this time, I was, like, putting up a fight. I was, they couldn't. Uh-huh. I was putting up a fight this time. Kicking and spitting and, like, everything, bro. Like, Anyways, they put us in lockdown. Um, well, they put me in lockdown. They took my celly, they took my uh, homeboy Dopey to the infirmary, and they took me straight to lockdown, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, they mess him up that bad? Uh, no, the, I mean, the thing is, anytime, on Conley unit anyway, anytime you got put into uh, handcuffs, like they had to physically put you in, mm-hmm. they had to take you to the infirmary before they took you to lockdown okay. so that they can document any uh, you were fine. injuries. Okay. But in my case, it was different. Because I had been dashing them with Ooh. with feces, feces all night and all kind of stuff. So they had other intentions. They took me to lockdown, beat the crap out of me, and then had medical come see me. Oh, God. Mm. So it's, I didn't go to medical with no, without any injuries. And then I go to lockdown. And then how does, it, how does he have a broken yeah. nose? Yeah, how's, yeah. His, how's his tooth knocked out of his, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Dang. So they still have me in handcuffs and everything and, uh. It was a captain, Captain Samiego, Captain Samiego. He's walking by. He has a little Rudy Poot with him, a little new boot or whatever. And um, he walks by down the hall. And then when he's walking back by to leave, he was like, hey, Holmes, come here. You know what happened? And I was like, man, look how captain. You know, he was like, no, nah, come here, come here. And I'm, like I said, I'm handcuffed. I got my hands behind my back or whatever. And so I get up and I'm telling them like, "Hey, look how cat man!" Like woo. I was about to tell it all on Sergeant Board. Mm-hmm. I was beating me up and roughing me up. And then as soon as I got within like arm length of the cell, the cell door, or whatever, he just like, pow, let me have it. Just slid. Mm-hmm. So, really? Yeah. Then he, uh, that little, that little Rudy Pooty pulled his keys out. You know what I'm saying? You'll never. That's like a sound that that'll resonate in your head to the day you die. Those keys jingling. Then Sanders keys. Man, bro. And he unlocked it and him and Poras came in and I was you know, I was just trying not to get beat up, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I tried to get under the bed and they grabbed me by my legs, pulled me out, and then you just hear like mm. footsteps coming up the stairs, all them keys jingling and about four or five other laws just came in there and they just started they just they let me have it, bro, to say the least. Mm. And, uh, I was expecting a visit that week, so I wrote my people and told them like, Don't go. "Hey, I slipped, I slipped I'm coming fine. out of the shower. I slipped on the stairs and I got beat up, or you know, yeah. I got hurt, got hurt pretty bad or whatever." There's a lot so of slips that come. happened in there. Yeah. So what? <laughs> and then you figured they would do something about it by now. Hey, you know hey prison reform. Make <laughs> the pre- make the penitentiary <laughs> safe. Slip resistant. Slipping and stuff. More slip resistance on the stairs, man. Dang. But uh, that happened. And, uh, you know, they're reading all your letters coming in and going out when you're in lockdown. So, yeah. I mean, I know they, to whatever extent, appreciate it that I didn't say nothing. You no. know, yeah, I just... Because you, you got to stay in your cell until you heal up, right? Yeah, I mean, they kept me in there 30, 
seven days, no case, no nothing. I didn't. They mm. didn't. They didn't come read me my rights. I thought they were gonna read me my they rights. Just gonna, they just let you have it, just, just like, yep, like you know. Yeah, so that was good enough. Yeah, you didn't get enough. no case. Didn't get no case. Hey, but I never, never went back to the, never went back to the house. They told me hey, you're getting shipped off to uh, uh, went some um, but they don't tell you where you're going, nah. whatever. You know what I'm saying? Got they told me I was on chain and then I ended up on Polunsky for a couple years and that's Hondo right? Uh, is it Hondo? Polunsky is in Polunsky Hondo. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, sure I think Polunsky is Hondo. I don't remember the unit. cities that they're in. Yeah, but because uh, I never, I never wrote, I never wrote nobody uh, unless okay. I needed commissary. Oh, okay, I would write my tia, but like, like I, my month, my my book stayed fat, like yeah. stayed fat. But Who hooked you up for the whole time you were in prison? Was it just your own hustling, or was it people taking care of you? Well, my my dad had passed away before I went oh, to prison, okay. so I mean I had that money. But sure, then I was that. also gambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was selling cigarettes. I would rent my cell phone. I had so you were living pretty large while in prison because oh, all yeah. money you had. I mean, back then that's when uh like cell phones they would give you like free nights and weekends like from 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. to 7 a.m. was free. So, I mean, it didn't cost me nothing. I give you the cell phone on a full charge and, you know, give it back to me when they roll the doors at breakfast. And here's that commissary slip, a whole $75. Mm-hmm. You know, you're giving me your whole commissary to borrow the phone for however wow. long that. How did you access your dad's money from the outside in prison? Uh, when I was in county, before I went to uh, TDC, I signed a full... Uh, what is it? Power of attorney. Oh, okay. Like medical, everything over to my tia. Okay. And uh, so she had access to. So she would just put all the money in there for you. Yeah, I would, I would like write her whatever you know, and or send me two hundred. Write bucks, her, call whatever. her, like, hey, send me, send me five hundred, six hundred dollars. But if like That's a big game was coming up that weekend, or you know something like that, like, and I know my homeboy Casey doesn't make commissaries, you know, nobody sends him money. I'm gonna write my tia, but under. Casey's name and Casey's TDC number, you know, the envelope, the letter and everything. But I would say something in there that only I would know, like, hey, tell Isabel I said happy birthday this weekend or tell Alexis I said to take a shower because one of my little cousins, she would fight. She didn't want to take a bath. So I would say something personal where mm-hmm. she would know it was me. And then but she would go put that three hundred dollars on Casey's books. Oh, OK. You know what I'm saying? And then I would bust uh, fifty five, sixty and. Casey would get like fifteen, twenty dollars out of that, and then of course I was gambling, selling cigarettes. I had a uh, two, three cell phones at any given time. Mm-hmm. That's how I met my wife, actually. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, cook us a batch. Cook us a batch. What's in there? Uh, do you want that stuff out of chow hall? You want the stuff from the high end stuff uh, from commissary? High end stuff from commissary. Yeah, uh, you know, remember them little Mexican candies? They're like hard on hard shell, but they have like that cream, like strawberry. <gasps> Orange or whatever, you know what I'm saying. You get a what is it? Three cups of those. How much sugar is that? Uh, I don't just just three have cups. Them, uh, three cups. I mean, I know the stuff you get from the chow hall. You put three cups of sugar in there, mm. and then you put the raisins, oh, the so syrup, the and raw sugar, the water. Yeah. And, oh, okay. And then the little yeast pellets or whatever. Yeah. But the stuff from commissary, you get like the orange juice, and then you get the yeast pellets, your water, and then those candies are. Put like Jolly Ranchers too, just for flavor, and you let it in the in the summertime. It takes about a day to a day and a half of just straight heat because it gets so hot. And then you put like three or four of them little bitty yeast pellets in there, and then like three or four hours later, that thing will just start bubbling. And it's so you loud have, too. Yeah, stink. 
stank, like stanky danky. So you yeah. got to have a good way to ventilate, which was with the bleach or with the Jack Mac, because Jack Mac will stink up. For those who don't know, Jack Mac, that's a radius. fish. That's a mackerel. Yeah, it's, it's like a Jack, Jack Mac. Like mackerel. a sardine, but it's a yeah. mackerel. Yeah, like tuna. It's and like it's just, it's a, it's just straight boy. fish smell. <laughs> so what did the fer- what did the fermentation of that uh, yeast thing? What was it for? Just it it makes it it uh, brings the alcohol faster. out. Of it. Yeah, oh, okay. It that brings make, the content up. But oh. then you can get that that stuff from that you make from the chow hall. Which is like I said, raisin syrup, mm-hmm. sugar, and then you know water. But man, yo, can't do that. That's like drinking cheap wine, bro. Mm-hmm. Be hungover for two months with that stuff. <laughs> Be coming out of both ends, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the toilet backwards, throwing up. <laughs> well, we used oh, to man. do. We used to cook whiskey. We would uh, every day we would get uh, two packs of jelly for our biscuits, and. That's like five grams of sugar. <clears throat> so we would take that jelly and we would just stack them up. You could even sell, we would even sell coffee shots for people that, you know, didn't really have any commissary or anything. Just give us a two jellies. We'll give you a shot of coffee. So we'd take a whole bag and we'd get, that, get the jellies and then just break them down into hot, uh, hot water and stuff. And then let it ferment. And after it ferments, we, you know, with a lot of fruit and stuff, then we would get like uh, some stainless. Like uh, we had the little outlet fixtures. And they would be stainless. So we would rig them up with a cord and then just drop it down in there and plug it up. And once it starts to boil, it's going to cook off whiskey. The steam off of it. That's what that's. Uh, you that's cool it. Sense, sense yeah, that's that. the spirit. That's the, what's it called? Uh, that's, you make, that's how you make vodka. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that was money. Cool. That was that was green money. We, I mean, was, we was coming up off well, of it. I mean, you're going to do what you got to do to survive. Yeah. You're balling in the world. You're going to find a way to ball in there, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I had my cell phones. I was a Everything sick. Everything and anything is for thugs, sale. I had thugs, them gangsters. You know what I'm saying? Free world cigarettes, bugler. Like my celly, I didn't know how to roll it. My celly would literally sit there and count out eight strands of tobacco, roll it, eight strands of tobacco, roll it, and I sell for a dollar, for a dollar a piece. You know what he would. And a dollar is a lot of money. Four soups, Mm -hmm. a pack of cookies. No tax, right? No tax. Like he'd get like two seventy five, two hundred and seventy five. Uh, cigarettes <laughs> out of a pack of buglers, you know what I'm saying? Where it's only supposed to be like 20, 25. Yeah. But you sit there and count out each one, and I'd give him, like, if he got 250 out of it, I would give him 50, and I'll, you know, give me my 200. If he got like 315, you know, keep the 15, and I'm taking three, uh, whatever the 100 was, I would keep. Mm. And whatever was over the 100, I would let him keep. You know what I'm saying? For all you know, for me. But I mean, we were getting a pack of bugler for 20 bucks. You know what I'm saying? So I was making, you know, I was more than making my money. Mm. I had homeboys that didn't make commissary. People didn't, like I said, didn't look out for them. So all that stuff I was keeping their cell. Like I was, I was a big boy when I when I was in prison. Like I got up to like two sixty five or something Ooh, like man, that. Man, you told me that a couple times. Well, not the biggest I got was like two eighty, but that oh, was wow. already when I got out and my wife got pregnant. I started eating everything. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, bro, I got to Polanski, and it was just a complete change of atmosphere because it was kicked back. I mean, Thongo Blast still ran that unit too. You know what I'm saying? As far as like all gangs, like all races, like Thongo Blast had that or whatever. And uh, but it was just more Cadillac. It was more chill. You didn't have. Is to, it safe to say what that stands for? 
What's that? The Tango? Together Against National Gang Organizations. Yeah. And then the blast part just comes from uh, four four cities. You know what I'm saying? You got each tango. And got that tango blast. They go, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But yeah, it's together against national gang organizations. Yeah. So in other words, you don't that or you know tango that gang doesn't doesn't jive with the the norm of prison gang culture. Yeah, because I mean, and, um, and I think why I clicked with them, why I got down with them, first and foremost was for protection. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, the biggest personal reason was because ain't no ain't nobody telling me what to do. Like ain't no, I'm I'm a grown man since yeah. I was like. You know this tall or whatever like once i once i quit fearing my dad like i, I was a grown man bro right like, but anyway like i said it's majority rules yeah you know right. shot caller like i ain't no little punk like ain't nobody yeah. if if like casey disrespects you and you're my captain like you don't you don't want to uh fight casey so you're gonna go send me to go beat up casey like what do you do what do you do to ts what do you do to him man he nothing. like he and did he something to you, you each other you handle that yeah you know what I'm saying? But yeah. because you don't want to go do six months, a year in close custody, you're going to send one of your yeah. flunkies to go yeah. do it or whatever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm. And that's, that was, like, the biggest, like, thing for me. Because even when I was on the street gangbanging, like I said, no, I had an OG, but, I mean, they never sent me no crash. They had to tell me to, like, chill. Like, hey, I'm going to chill. I'll be busting at <laughs> You them, was doing it on your own. Boy, check the crime rate in 96 <laughs> in Metropolis. That was all me, baby. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was I was out there. I was about that life, bro. So, I mean, I'm going to the, I'm gonna go to prison and just be a flunky. Like, yeah. heck no, bro. Like, I can go to my, my neighborhood right now, 4-1 in Austin. And, I mean, there's people out there. I made it cool in that, in that, um, in Metopolis, in my neighborhood, to run around and say, "Cuz I told, I mean, growing up, that was a blood neighborhood from front to back, everything. Mm-hmm. And now there's just little remnants or whatever of little pockets here and there. And everybody running around blue. Like after I shot that dude, then people wanted to start fighting, fighting, fighting them bloods and running them out the neighborhood, stuff like that. So, I mean, just I just wasn't accustomed to people telling me what to do." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, ain't gonna happen. Like now, I do like be like, Pastor. (laughs) (laughs) What do I need to do, Pastor? (laughs) All right, okay. Put your hands up, Crusade. All right, I got you, Pastor. That's funny. (laughs) But yeah, OG Pastor, man. OG OG Pastor, man. OG Pastor. Well, it's crazy because that guy that used to call me OG Pastor, when I was in the hood back in the day. He was a little ba- he was a little kid, so he remembers me from back in the day. Oh wow, that's and crazy. that's that guy Orquizo. Yeah, remember that guy Orquizo? Do you remember Orquizo? Uh uh-uh. uh. He's all tied up, all over two ten, all the horn, whatever. But he remembers me when he was a little kid, like a little kid, us back in the hood, and so he mm. was like, "I remember you, Pastor X Y Z." And now he's young. I mean, he's old. He's been in prison and stuff, but he's younger than me, so he's like. You you like an OG pastor? And I'm like, yeah. nah, don't call me OG pastor. But every day he sees me, he's like, hey, you know, what's up, OG pastor? But that's how that came about because he remember, he's from the same hood, uh, which uh, back in the day we were running with this clique from that area and stuff, and so he grew up in that little clique and stuff. And so, yeah. mm. but I mean, you know, like now, if I were to go back to, I mean, I've done it before, but because I wasn't banging, but like I got on like a red hat or some red J's. Them, them 11s or whatever, yeah. or a red shirt, like people look at me crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause 
that was me. I was cripping back in the day. That's yeah. what people know me as. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or uh, like I have the liberty to wear whatever I yeah, want. Yeah, like a, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like blood red for the blood of Christ. <laughs> the blood of Amen. Christ. Oh, um, matters. But yeah, I mean that's 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 what it is now. I mean, but it, it ain't. It's even the game. I mean, it's changed so much, dude. I mean, I yeah. could never, I could never go back there, bro. Because yeah, because I mean, now it's not even. A, it's not the same thing. It was nowadays. It's not unless it's organ organized crime in a sense of you know tango, rejon, Texan kid mafia, all that stuff. These little street gangs, it's not thugging no more. It's more. It's like watered down now, right? I mean, you don't even gotta. Yeah, I mean, they're they're frauds. They're fake. You know what I'm saying? Like. And it ain't even them you gotta that I had to worry studio about. Studio gangsters. People that it wasn't even people that I had done wrong back in the day or that are gangbanging. It's my own family I had to watch out for. My own family was plotting against me. Oh, you know man. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I mean I, I don't know I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? It's just straight hate, bro. Yeah. Like my own cousins, people that I grew up with, people that I threw up with, like I was in prison sending these cats money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you they they they're sitting up plotting against me, like, and mm. so I, I mean, I just didn't get that. So, like I said, when I mean, I caught ghosts even from Austin. <clears throat> There's only one person in my life, and that's my aunt that I told y'all. You know, that pretty much took me in when I was young or whatever. Yep. She's the only person in my family that that I talk to, that I care about. Like, you know, my brother disowned me, all kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember you telling me. Okay. So, Toby, what would be the because I mean, I'm ass- I'm assuming that dude getting knocked up with that uh, lock and having his head split open was that the craziest stuff you saw in prison? Was there other crazy stuff? He's like, damn, some crazy. Stuff. I mean, I could probably write a book on it, but I mean, that was like, if you had to sum up prison experience in one in one instance, it would have to be that because, like I said, it was my third day or whatever there. You know what I'm saying, like. And I had just gotten beaten up myself. I had just gotten clicked in a couple of days before that. So I'm trying to mm. recoup myself. And they're like, hey, I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, it's going to be, they're just going to beat them up. They're just going to, you know, run yeah. court on them right there in the day room. And next so thing had you know, to, this dude brain pan sitting on the wall behind you. It you had know? to have been something pretty serious for them to do that, right? Well, it was a, he was a white dude. He was a, uh, not Aryan Brotherhood. What was he? Aryan Circle. He was an oh, AC. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he had a a celly that was black. I've heard of every uh, and uh, he was you know he got caught smoking. Circle, right? He was he was smoking squares and spreading. He was eating. He was eating with Crusader. this celly. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a big. You know what I'm saying? And they had ran court on him before. They violated him before, and then he kept on doing it. Kept on doing it. And they called him, and they were finally like, "Hey, man, we're gonna handle up on this trash." And <laughs> I guess it. I mean, so I, in y'all's opinion, Casey, uh, Toby, oh man, just right in front of the lights. I mean, it's about to get uh, real tonight. Y'all need so to say them, in, in y'all's <laughs> in y'all's opinion, movies like American Me, you know, Bamba Honor, okay. Like American Me, Bumba Honor, Felon, uh, Shot Collar. Now, I have Are, seen that. That is pretty accurate. Which one? Shot Collar? Shot Collar. Shot, what about Felon? Felon was pretty dope. Okay. Felon, but do you think I it's, think it's a good that. representative of what prison life is at, or is it Hollywood eyes? That's, uh, this definitely Hollywood. I mean, it's definitely Hollywood. But what about so Shot Collar is more relevant? Shot Collar, for, uh, for me, that experience was, was that movie was kind of it was it was kind of accurate because for one, you can get somebody like him. He was 
he was pretty much a nobody. He went to prison. And when he got in there, he had to, he joined the, he joined, who, who, he, joined Arian. Arian. Was, yeah, he joined Arian. He joined Arian. And he was a good guy when he went in, and then he just straight up turned into like a he got, ruthless he, But he got savage. institutionalized. Right? Yeah, yeah, he got institutionalized. That happens. That's Yeah, I mean, that accurate. happens. That, that happens more often yeah. than not. I mean. Yeah, you have people that come in that and they go through that life, but then they get that first little, yeah. like, oh man. So Ameri- kind of like a taste of blood, yeah. I guess so you could say. American me as you know, American me had all these Mexican mafia advisors. I mean, that were on set film, you know, for the filming of the movie. Is American me accurate? Do you think or no? American me, American me. That's what the old, I haven't uh, seen that. Yeah, we're almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you would say. I guess, I guess, most people I guess would be from like a, a fama. Well, I mean, I guess most people would say, "Well, it just depends." I mean, yeah, that was I California mean, prison, the, uh, it as is, opposed to say, a Texas prison. I mean, I think for famas, they got it right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Where, I mean, like again, like I said, that's why I wouldn't get down with no fama yeah. because them shot callers. Yeah. You know, you know, you know. What and I, mean? I can't remember. I think uh, I don't know if you ever seen that. They, that channel on they YouTube. do kill their own though. Yeah, yeah. That channel on YouTube called Ten Ninety Jake. Um, end of sentence. I never heard it. it, it I, they were talking about you know him and Twenty Three and One. This other channel called A Death I Bring Twenty Three and One, and uh, those these other channels that I follow. And uh, they were talking about you know the realistic aspects of what those movies were. And I think they were saying like Shot Collar was kind of real close to the real thing and stuff. And uh, these other ones were very Hollywoodized and stuff, and I was just wondering from, you know, I know those people, those guys that run those channels, they've been in prison, but I was from y'all's perspective, since y'all been in prison yeah. in Texas, like, does it really, is it really, is it a really good representation of what it is or not is? You Trying know? to indifferentiate different, Bound by Honor and uh, American Me. Yeah, Bound by Honor was. That's Miklo in there, that's right? That's Miklo and El Gallo Negro, and, yeah. uh, but I think, I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, American Me and Bound by Honor uh, blood in, blood out. I think was a move. Two different movies about the same thing. Yeah, I think yeah, like because Nicola was supposed to be peg leg, right? Yeah, right. And and in in American Me, it was William Forsythe that was playing peg, peg leg. leg yeah. I think if I'm not mistaken. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, no, it was like mm-hmm. loosely based on something like that, right? Yeah. Because uh, 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 uh. <clears throat> yeah, I think it was just like two. Directors. Because then the, you know, then you hear about a lot of people lost their lives after American Me came American out because of the way they portrayed Cheyenne that, being murdered yeah. and stuff and raped, and it wasn't true. You know what I mean? And and it's like okay, and the I mean they say it well, there was true. like because Hollywood always Hollywoodizes stuff and they didn't appreciate. It. And so I was like, well, what part of prison life is really really real? You know what I mean? I mean, I think American Me probably between those two movies. American Me got it the closest, you know, because I mean they they will kill you, yeah. your own people will kill you. Yeah. Well, I said like you gotta, like any little thing you do, they like I know with Tango Blast, any little thing that you did wrong, they looking for a reason to run court on you, yeah. stuff like that. You so know from I mean? the life you were living prior to prison, what in prison changed you? I mean, you were already out in the streets. And then you went to prison. Like what, as far what, as getting like colder, like just I guess, what made you more of ruthless. a ruthless person in prison, or did you change for the better in prison? No, I definitely got. I didn't think. I don't think I got worse. I think I just got better. Better at being bad. Better at being bad. Be better at being like just cold hearted. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, mm. man, like this is what that dude's life was worth, and we just did 
like 90 days on lockdown for it and then we just came off and nobody just talked about it no more like just that quick you could be a memory you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah i saw this guy on the news the other day that got sent to sentenced to like 20 years in prison in california and they're asking him, well what do you think about the sentence he was like i made it he's like i've made it i made it Remember, they're like what my- do you mean you made it what he was like i made it i'm going to prison in california Remember my testimony, and oh, I oh. said when I got to prison, yeah. I had that sense of I made it. Uh, People yeah. go to Harvard, UT, yeah. UCLA, and they're like, "Oh, I made it." I got to. They sent me to a little uh, punk farm out there in uh, East Texas in Jasper, and I was like, "Nah, I can't do my time here." So I burnt off. You know what I'm saying? Then mm-hmm. I went to. That's when I went to Connolly, and when I got there, it was like, "Man, you know, we went on lockdown." As soon as I got there, and then we came off lockdown like a couple months later, and. I'm getting banged in, and I'm just there like, man, oh, love, like, I made it. I made it. You know what I'm saying? I done graduated to the big mm. boys. I'm here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I had that. And I found, I saw that a lot in people. Like, looking back, like, man, I wish I knew then what I know now. Like, or I wish I had the heart to help people then. I mean. <gasps> because you got out of prison, and then you continued in that lifestyle, right? I mean, it was different. Your situation is different from Casey's because. Casey was in prison when he was like, I'm done, man. I need to change. You got out and still continued the same way. And then once it hit rock bottom, you were like, man, I need help. Because I went back to the same house, same neighborhood, everything that I went to prison from. So, I mean, it was kind of like, yeah, I've been gone for a minute. But, I mean, I just fell right back, right back in that cycle. You know what I'm saying? Fit right by my first night out. (laughs) Drinking a Mad Dog 2020. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Ooh. Started started doing I that. I started the smell in my nose of those, uh, those yeah. MD 2020. When you said that date, when you said MD 2020, <laughs> the first thing that hit me was the Ooh. smell in my nose, bro. Man. The pineapple flavor. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> in my nose, dude. I still, I still sit in there, dude. I was out for a month before I hit my wife up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I said, we met when I was in prison. Yeah. Then when I got out, I was just throwing away some stuff for prison. And I ran across her number, and I was like, man, hold on. Let me hit this girl up and called her. Been together with her ever since. I mean, I didn't. How long what, has it been? Uh, I think this year will be 14. Well, this, not I think. This year will be 14 years. Congratulations, bro. December awesome. 16th will be four years. Uh-huh. Praise God. Or 14 years, my bad. Um, But um, hit her up. <laughs> and I wasn't, like, gangbanging no more, but, I mean, I didn't calm down i was still like was you like i was still up, girl yeah i'm thugging i still slapped slapped the crap out of somebody you know what i'm saying like uh-huh. I, my bachelor party like you, know you weren't I mean? active wow. but you were still representing yeah i mean i was i was still thugging this thugging god you know what i'm saying but <laughs> i had to kind of chill because we started having kids and then uh-huh. you know we had the house you know we were working and i couldn't have that reputation out there in marble falls because uh-huh. everybody knows everybody yeah. you know what i'm saying so anyways i Started getting my life together, I guess, and uh, chilling out. But I was still, good. I was still go to jail once a year. I was good for jail once a year for <laughs> doing. And I was gonna ask you the the Annual. same. I was gonna ask you the same question that I asked <laughs> Casey earlier, but your situation is different because I was like, you know, you know about changing and help and hope and things of that beyond the prison dynamic. But it's like, you know. You know, our, your testimony is, you know, you were out there, you hit rock bottom, drugs, whatever. And you're like, like, we need help. Like, like, this is it. We can't go any further down than this and stuff. And so, but I think it kind of fits the mold of what, what we were talking about in general is that when that time came, whether it was in prison or not, 
when that time came when you were like, you know what, man, we need help. Like, this is it. Like, there had I, to there had to have been something there. I never to help you. And that moment never came for me because I didn't even want to make parole. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to four different parole hearings, and because uh, when I went to prison, I didn't go back on a new charge. I re- technically went, I went back on a technicality. So when I got there, I started seeing parole. But every time I see him, I saw him, I would cuss him out, you know, front, back, dust of dawn. I'm cut, like, whoop, 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 whoop. So just like that, they would deny my parole. I was trying to do the rest of my time. Just so you can discharge. Yeah, I don't I don't want to be out on parole. But they let me out with 56. The last time I went was, like, the worst time. I threw the lady. She tried to get me signed some papers. I tore them up, threw stuff off the desk. Like, I ain't signing nothing, like. You know, but she didn't write me up nothing. They still parole me with 56 really? days left. Yeah. It was like, man, get this dude out of here. Come on. So we got to get this guy out of here. We gonna they get sent him APD out of full blast like into our, my house, bro. For our sake, get his, get him out of here. <laughs> I had like we a week and a half left on, on parole, and uh, they sent APD in my house, like full guns, like busting doors down for what I went to prison for, not for what I I was on a monitor and went to HEB and bought some bread and bologna. Mm. And my PO, like, got into it on the phone so she sent apd to my house for what i went to prison for years back as though i had just did it you know what i saying? so they're coming with guns and thinking i had just shot at two undercover cops uh-huh. but it was, they were really coming to get me for some bread and bologna and they were like you move we're gonna kill you and don't even breathe. Get down mm. on the floor. Like, Over dude, some bread and bologna. Bread and bologna. Man, bread that's cold. But yeah, I mean that that I never had that that epiphany that moment where it's like, man, I need to change because I didn't I didn't see the need yeah. to want. I didn't you know see the need to want to change. Yeah. I didn't see nothing wrong with my life. Yeah. I made it. I was where I wanted to be, yeah. and I got out. And it was. I mean, I didn't want to go back. Hey, you know, and so that just proves very very quickly, Casey Toby. Recidivism. Yes. He loved it. Mm-hmm. He was Even, where he wanted to be. Recidivism. Like he wanted change. to be like there. When, when, I mean, <laughs> no offense in no kind of way, but like when people like, you know, I'm alcoholic, I knew I needed a change. I don't understand that. Yeah. Well, until I hit this so altar, was there. Yeah. I didn't. Even I didn't understand that until before Erica and Stephanie prayed for us that night in the laundromat. I never understood people that say, "I need a change. I need a ch- or I need to stop. I need a, you know." I never understood that because I never saw myself having a problem with the meth, with the pills, because I loved it. Yeah. That's what me and my wife's problem started because she started like, "You're you're starting to do too much. You're starting to use too much drugs." And what I meant to say was, I've actually found something that I love almost as much as you. But it came out all wrong. Like, I found something that I love more than you. Mm. Or that's how she interpreted it. Mm. And I was, like, I was telling her, how do you expect for me to listen to you when I found something that I love more? I forgot how I said it, but she took it like I found something that I love more than you. So I probably just started downhill quick. quick. But I never saw the need because I never, I never saw myself with the problem yeah because i admitted to everybody like yeah i'm about that life i'm i do math you know what i'm saying i'm a speed freak 
So I don't have a problem. Mm. So I mean, that just goes to you prove the dynamic of what no we no desire to stop. Yeah, what we deal with and stuff, and you know, what the system deals with is like, nah, it's not really reform. It's some people like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some hey, people I love mean, it. My kids get taken away from me. I ain't got no problem. I'm good. <laughs> they got taken from my wife, not from me. I try to blame somebody else. Yeah. My wife's not with me. She left me. I didn't leave her. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't have the problem. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. I, I love, I love what I'm doing. I love the math. I love the. The Tito's vodka. That's why I got hooked on at the end. Love mm. popping these pills. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't got. And problem. so, where did the revelation? I mean, and I mean, I'm sure we've kind of touched on this, but where does the revelation until that day where you got prayed for by you know uh, Erica and Stephanie? And it's like at that point you realize what that night when I've all, me and my I've always been able to provide at least shelter in the yeah. way of a hotel room yeah. even a car like on yeah. the side of walmart or something yeah. i always had shelter for my wife to provide for my and at wife at that point you couldn't no more that yeah. night we laying between that washer and dryer trying to hide from people the shame the embarrassment going outside laying down mm. on the bus stop and then saying no we need to move because we're too out in the open to get ambushed and then sleeping on the side of that like having to lay down hold my wife to comfort her and console her while she's laying her head on her purse, A, for a pillow, B, for, you know, because our ID, social, Security. the rest of our life is literally in that bag. Yeah. It would fit in that purse. Yeah. Mm. And we had the two sheets that we stole from the hospital yeah. the night before when she was in the hospital. And it was like, man, like, I don't know what's going to happen, like, from after the night. I don't know. Like, these girls made us sure made us feel good about coming to church tomorrow and praying for us and stuff. But what if tomorrow never comes? Uh, mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What if? That was your rock bottom. Yeah. I mean. Well, That's you know, you I made a life. comment. that, And that was it for my life. Yeah. I'll, I'll never go back to, I can't, bro. Uh, I can't. Amen. Because not just my wife, but I have. These four little babies. Yeah. I mean, they ain't so little. Y'all see them now. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, besides besides them, I mean, you know, people in the church, people in the community, yeah. like, people need to hear what God's done in my life. People yeah. need to hear what God has done in our lives. People, yeah. And they're not, what am I going to be doing? Like, smoking meth with somebody? Like, hey, bro, like, like God did this for me. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, trading war stories yeah. like no i mean we have to be out there we have to live that we, i have to be out there the same way i was out there for cripping and thongo blast and doing all this i have to live extreme like that for jesus too. amen and, it, and the ironic part or the messed up part about it is i can get killed still for what i believe in today yeah. christ being the center of my life i could still get killed the same as I could gang banging out there, creeping yeah. or thongo. Like the consequences are still the same. Yeah, you still get shamed. You you out yeah. there gang banging. Oh look at him! You out there living for Jesus. Oh look at him! He thinks yeah. he's better than everybody else. Like, yeah. you know, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, I get that a lot. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, and it's so crazy because, you know, I made a comment to Casey when we walked in. I said, "Look, or you? I don't know who it was, or Daniel." I was like, "It's sad when your whole life fits inside a box." Yeah, you, know, you see that box right yeah, there. You but you just mentioned right now, yeah. my whole life was in a purse. Yeah, I'm like, oh shoot, <laughs> he get worse than that. And it, you know what it was for me? My ID. That's li- I had 
what I had on when I came into the church was my ID. Yeah. If I lost my ID, like, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, it'd be really hard for me to be where I'm at right now. But, mm. you know, I mean, that's that's what I said. I mean, I could never. What time we at, Daniel? I could never, you know, I mean, it's just the way I'm programmed, the way my dad raised me, like, I can't be no quitter. Like, no. I got to go. Mm-hmm. I got to go hard for what I believe in. Is there in. anything Praise anything God. you want to say before we shut out, like something that you feel like you got to say before we cut it off? Um, you know, like just despite everything that, you know, life has thrown at me, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this was supposed to be part two of my testimony, and I still haven't. Scratched the surface. Well, I mean, I got most of it out, but like, you know, I've told you, you guys a story about, you know, when I was eight, nine years old and my mom tried to kill us or whatever. Yeah. But if you want to hear that story, you're gonna to have to stick around for. July so yes, 15. so so tell us because, so we so here for all of you viewing this stuff, you know we had we fit Toby and and Casey in these part twos because uh, people were like, hey, we want to hear the rest, we want to hear the rest. I mean, you're not gonna fit. How old are you, Toby? 30 some years of life into <laughs> two, three hours, okay? I did Push your body. So, so, so if y'all want to hear part three of Toby's, I mean, he just mentioned he has, you know, he's told us a story about his mom trying to kill them, but y'all never heard that. Y'all want to hear part three of these guys? You know, that's why I'm implementing these things. Yes, we're going to continue with the testimonies. We have the testimonies on deck ready to get done, you know, from other people besides these guys that y'all already heard. But it lets me know how to format the stuff. If you want to hear part three of Toby and Casey, other stuff, let us know. Put it in the comments, you know, so we can know to work yes. on that and get that lined up within the test, the conversations to uh, eventually get around to that and stuff. But uh, also hit the like, subscribe button, turn the notifications on, share us, invest. And we man. appreciate y'all. Go to lifespeakspodcast.com. Yes. Go to the Give Online and uh, invest into the Choosing Hope Foundation. Thank you to all our sponsors. Uh, and we thank you to everybody y'all. that has invested, man. Really appreciate all your donations and your investment. And uh, if you want to follow suit with that, feel free to do that. Every Amen. amount, it doesn't matter how big, how small, it matters. And so we're <coughs> uh, checking out here tonight. Um, so I am your host, Luis Perez, a.k.a. Guicho Breach. And if you know, you know, the Demon Killer, my co-host. Casey Case, your favorite Tennessee representative. Casey Case, Toby Sosa. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Yeah, yep. what's up? Checking out tonight. See you on the next one, man. Peace. Yeah. Brr. Brr. Brr.